0: when I'm forcing something, I see the result. It's felt, it doesn't have as much engagement. It doesn't have as many comments. And I know because the energy I put it out was, oh, I gotta get this post out before I get going in the day. Be really mindful and pay attention and act as though you have the world watching and create in your brand something you're really proud of versus things you're trying to do to catch up to the algorithm.
1: Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this.
0: This is a Soulfire production.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to an amazing start. So what do you do when you have spent years building up your Instagram and your Facebook, creating content, engagement, community, building your brand, and poof, It gets taken right from under you well that is exactly what happened to my guest today jen spiegel and we are diving into basically what happens when your social media gets hacked and i truly feel for her i know what it's like to build your brand on social media and to show up every day and to engage and build community and the time and the energy that goes into creating content And for it to be hacked and just taken away, well, let's face it, that really, really sucks. And there's so much of that happening nowadays in the world of social media. There's a lot of censorship and there's a lot of accounts being shut down for no apparent reason. So I truly admire Jen of how she has approached this this entire process and it definitely is very unfortunate. So she's giving us a behind the scenes of what happened and the stress of losing her social media, some of the biggest takeaways that have really come from this experience. We talk about health as it pertains to social media, and we also talk about self-expression, and especially in an age of cancel culture and censorship where people are finding it hard to share their message and voice, how can we connect back to ourselves and really express ourselves in an authentic way? We talk about all the dismantling of her old stories and beliefs about building her business and what she has gone through to really step into the leader and the woman that she is today. So perhaps you are already familiar with my guest today. Jen is the face, voice, and heart behind Becoming Iconic, a global brand shifting the paradigm in leadership for entrepreneurs. Jen hosts a top-rated podcast called Becoming Iconic. Where she facilitates weekly master classes that supports leadership for your life and business.
0: So let's dive in. Enjoy Hi, Jen. welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: I'm really excited to have this conversation and to connect with you. We got connected through Soulfire, and I just think it's really great that I dove into hiring Soulfire and from there it's just like brought these really great connections and I've met mm-hmm. some really great people and so I'm really thankful to to call you a friend and I'm so happy we get to connect and we have a really powerful message to dive into today and before we do that I'd love it if you can share with our audience a little bit about who you are and what
0: you do. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thanks again for having me and I the feeling's mutual. So far has been a great place for us to up-level ourselves in our podcast, but also make really great people. So the feeling is very mutual. Um, yeah. Who is Jen? Jen is a mama four, first and foremost. That's my most prized title. And I've been building babies and building businesses for 16 years. So that's just gone hand in hand. It started in a marketing role. I was in marketing and I had my first daughter and realized that I really craved to be home with her, at least to have more experience of her. And so I decided to become a stay-at-home mom. And as a stay-at-home mom, that wasn't necessarily a great fit for my personality. I completely lost myself in that role. And it's I still am home with them, but I definitely needed more in my life than just the title of mom. And so I I fell into entrepreneurship and grew multiple businesses, had a lot of fun doing it and speaking on stages and mentoring for a really long time. And in 2020, I decided to brand this baby and put it out as Becoming Iconic. And Becoming Iconic was a gift. I always knew from, I mean, the youngest of age that I wanted to support women feeling confident I know a lot of that stems from the lack of confidence I had in myself, specifically in the way I looked in my body and my body image. And so Mm -hmm. I was craving that for myself all my life. And I thought, I'm not alone in this. What if we could have a sisterhood where we all come together and we build each other up? So that was a vision of mine from as long as I can remember. And it stemmed into becoming iconic, a mentorship where women can come in and whether they want to be an iconic stay-at-home mom or have an iconic marriage, or have an iconic business, I love supporting them and all those things. It started in health coaching and quickly moved into life coaching. And life coaching took on this beautiful marriage with business coaching and those two things collided. And it's just a really nice place for women to come and feel supported in multiple ways. Beautiful. I love how you said that building babies, building businesses. (laughs) It's a true story. Yeah. As I've been pregnant nursing or starting a business for 16 years. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. I'm sure there's a Mm -hmm. lot of women listening to this who can relate to, and they're in that space of kids and business and trying to find a way to navigate it all. So I think there's a lot that, you know, a lot of those listeners who can really relate to you. So. I would love to chat about what recently happened, and we're going to dive into all of that. So you had this amazing brand and following on social media, on Instagram, and recently it was just gone. It just one day, like, poof, uh, you know, in this age of, like, censorship and cancel culture and, you know, we have to be so conscious of, like, what we're posting and what we're doing. And even when we're not doing anything quote unquote wrong, like it just, it can just be taken from us, you know, all those years of creating. And so what happened there?
0: Oh, it's like this dramatic story, really, and there's going to be a happy ending that I can promise everybody listening. You know, okay, so great. I I will um, hopefully give some tips along the way as well to support those listening in on ways to potentially potentially protect themselves from this happening to them. So Mm -hmm. it was a podcast Tuesday and I was recording podcasts all day and I got off of podcasts and I received an email from Facebook and I still don't know if this was the hackers or if they had already been in and this was a legitimate email from Facebook. I don't know that Um, I I feel like they got in and it was legit from Facebook, but again, I'm not entirely sure. But it said, you have crossed a a guideline, a community guideline. You have so many hours to appeal this before we disable your account. And so I went into Facebook and I, I quickly contacted my team. It was like what's happening what what did we do um cuz i'm usually the one that posts i'm i'm very active on my social media i really love the art of social media so it's my creative outlet so i i do most of my social media
1: right. so i thought
0: what happened while i was recording We did put up a reel that was with the podcast. We thought, what if I said something on that reel? Like we were just racking our brains. So when I went into Facebook, I could see that there was a video on my Facebook account with like just that little play button, but I couldn't play it. And so I went into Appeal and it just became this cat and mouse game. So what they do is when they get into your account, they end up changing the email and the phone number to theirs. It'll still show as your own but it's actually in fact theirs. And so when you go to change your password, you know how you get that email saying someone's tried to change your password, click here, if this was you, well, they're getting that email. So they're saying, no, it's not me. So it kicks back into them doing a new password. And it's just this circle. And so I I definitely played the game. I was frantic and just The word trauma comes up because it felt really traumatic. And I know when we see things in the world, like what's happening in Ukraine and all that we have been through as a society, as a whole over the last few years, these are real traumas, I understand. So I'm not comparing them to world issues. But in my world, for my business, this was pretty traumatic. It was 16 years of wisdom, experience, memories, pictures of my children, a community I had been so dedicated to. I mean, I can say with all sincerity, I wake up thinking about my community. I I really deeply care for my work on social media. And I know many people do. And so here's another tip that I I must give. I had the button pressed where when you share on Instagram, it automatically shares to Facebook and vice versa. And I hadn't thought about Instagram. I was just so preoccupied with facebook and trying to get my facebook back but in the meantime they went in and i had five instagram accounts and they were all disabled as well so tens of thousands of you know i don't like saying followers because i don't really love that term but heartbeats and community lost and all this work and effort it just it was traumatizing and so I went (laughs) shamelessly to LinkedIn. I mean, I didn't play on LinkedIn before this, but I went over to LinkedIn and I thought, oh, I'm going to find somebody who works at Meta. I'm going to find somebody and I am going to ask for some support here because there is no email. They give you these emails. Nobody's paying attention to the emails. There's no email. We had hundreds and hundreds of my community reaching out to those emails saying, please help her, please help her with no response. And on LinkedIn, I found a gentleman who actually did respond to me and said, we actually don't even have a, an in-house office or persons doing this and, and in security. Even if this were to happen to me, I work for the company, I would be in the same shoes you are. It just doesn't exist. Hmm. That was crazy. a huge eye-opener. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Especially with how
1: often it's happening. Like mm-hmm. You would think that there would
0: be people who can help you navigate this. Well yeah and it's it's so common now and you know the, I I think they want their reputation to be clean, I mean as clean as it can be, and they've had so much bad PR over the last couple of years that you would think they would want people actively using their platforms, but there isn't. And so one of the things the tips I would give is try to get your account back if this ever happened to you, but Be careful that you don't go down the rabbit hole and waste time and energy and live in that trauma for too long. It was a good week of me pursuing this day and night. And eventually I just felt a release. I felt a release because I went on my Facebook and I ended up being able to log in for a second. And when I logged in, I was able to see what the video was. And it was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, like how police are not involved astonishes me how this stuff is not reported or there's not FBI behind these things. I don't know. But it was something that I will never be able to erase from my mind. It'll always be a picture that I've now witnessed. I cared I didn't care to and didn't want to have that in my mind in my lifetime, but it it's there. And that was when I just wanted to be clean of it. I thought it's almost polluted now what was and if I ever did get it back, would I ever feel like it was pure and clean the way I did prior and i thought what is becoming iconic what is this what am i doing and it brought me to my knees and as it brought me to my knees i realized what if this was the actual unfolding of the story and people got to witness what actually becoming iconic was and here we are
1: I quickly want to interrupt today's episode and chat briefly about the Align and Lead Business Mentorship Program, the nine-month program that I run with my amazing team. I am so excited for all the amazingness that we create inside this nine-month container with all of our students who want to get unapologetically rich and fill their health business with consistent qualified clients and who are just really excited to be of service and get online and grow their social media and sell their services and create digital programs. This is exactly what we help to support and coach you through inside our business mentorship program. And when I say get unapologetically rich, you know, money mindset is a really big part of what we talk about in our program. And I think that A lot of us, especially as women, feel really uncomfortable talking about money, asking for money, and really stepping into our power as a CEO and owning that we are in business. And in order to have a successful business, that means money is coming in. And so we really have to proclaim that, ladies. It's so important to do that. So if you are looking for mentorship support, to start and scale your online business and if right now you are spinning your wheels trying to design your website and think about brand colors and you're posting all day on social media and you are investing in health course after health course after health course thinking that the more initials you have after your name the more successful you'll be i really hate to bust your bubble but that is not how to grow your business Inside our nine-month mentorship program, we are helping you actually put the systems and the strategies in place to generate leads, to build your email list, to create and launch your signature program with your signature webinar and go out there and make sales and work with the clients that you love. So if you would love to learn more about this, we are currently enrolling. Head on over to SamanthaGladdish.com forward slash mentorship. To learn more about the program and you can actually read all about it there and you can click to book in a call with me there and we can chat in more detail because then i would get this opportunity to really chat with you and see where you're at where your head is at i'd love to learn more about you and your business and your goals and your dreams and we'll see if you're the right fit for the mentorship so again that link is samanthagladish.com forward slash mentorship mm, Mm -hmm. that's really really beautiful such a a lesson for yourself for your community and a learning and like so much growth must have come out of that too which is Mm -hmm. just really beautiful yeah Um, that's really powerful so okay so first of all just to clarify for everyone listening it's the hackers that got into your account and they were able to post
0: this obscene Video. content which that's then so triggers crazy. um Facebook to disable you which I'm glad they do because this nobody of should course. see that but because you're disabled and because they have your password it's just it's just it's impossible to get in it's impossible to yeah. do the appeal um it just basically disables your account brutal mm. and then uh,
1: because that's connected with Instagram you lost both yeah yeah and so yeah. What about other personal, like private information? Did you think mm-hmm. about that? Like what else they could I actually access? And I did. was there anything yeah. you were able to do there?
0: Yeah, so I immediately... Well, not immediately. That's not true because the first two days I was committed to getting this sucker back. But after that, after I started to loosen my grip of what was happening a little bit, I thought I got to protect myself. So I did change all my passwords. I'd love to do a little plug and I'm not associated with it at all, but I think it's just so smart for business owners. There's a, a. website and an app called LastPass. Mm -hmm. So Last, L-A-S-T-P-A-S-S. I love LastPass because you can put your passwords in there and you can share with people. So they never actually know your passwords. They never actually know your login information. So if you have a team and somebody departs from your team, it's not like you have to change all your passwords again, but I love this. It's a great hub. But one of the things I did was change all my passwords and made sure I didn't have the same passwords for everything. So thankfully, they didn't get into anything. Thankfully, I didn't have that experience. But I do know because of this experience, I've had lots of people reach out. I do know some people who have had a lot of really horrible things happen, like Facebook ads, and they've racked up their PayPal account because they had a PayPal account attached to the Facebook. So they went in and took the money. So those are little things you can do to protect yourself. Like I would not attach a PayPal account to something like that. Attach a credit card so you can cancel the credit card. You know, do things that are really smart. Think ahead. I mean, hackers are smart from a technology perspective, obviously, but I can't say that they're not smarter than us. We can really do things to protect ourselves and, and think, what if? And if this were to happen, how can I potentially stop it? And when you do that and, and you create these things for yourself that guard the precious work you're doing, you are less likely to have something like this happen. For sure. For sure. Okay. So take us through now,
1: kind of recollected yourself a week goes by, you're mm-hmm. stepping into this space of like, okay, what does it really mean to become iconic, embody this brand and this business of mine and this. Yeah this woman, like, then
0: what happened? Like, what did you start to do to really rebuild? I got excited again, because I I told you at the beginning, and this is true, I absolutely love the art of social media. I went to school for fashion and styling, and I, I love that. So this is like my magazine. I always wanted to have my own magazine. So that's how I treat my social media. It really is a creative outlet. So I thought, okay, first of all, it used to be Jen Spiegel. That was my handle nobody knows how to say my name and nobody knows how to spell that name. And so it was like actually tailoring and like coming into the brand. How can we really refine it? How can we up level in this time? Because I get to start fresh. I get to bring everything out new. And so what are the areas that if I had this opportunity without this happening, I would do. So becoming Iconic it's like, of course, I want to have that as the handle and really sink into this brand that I'm building. It's I'm a part of the brand. I'm I am the brand, but becoming iconic is something I want people to think of. It's a trademarked company and and name. And I this is something that's really powerful. And it does make people stop and look because it's not something people hear every day. Sure. So we really refined the brand, or I did, and I I decided. I really want to step into leadership. So it also made me look at what am I teaching? Where do I see myself five years from now? And I never really loved being called a a business coach and never really loved being called a life coach. I felt like that boxed me a little bit and I felt like I was really something unique and different. So I thought it's leadership. That's what I love teaching. I love teaching humans how to lead themselves through their life and lead themselves in their business, because we neglect those things. The most important thing, often we're looking for strategy. We're looking for workflows. We're looking for sales information. And all of these strategies are very important, but it's who you're being through that strategy that is the most important, the most potent thing you can do. So it did, it refined my message. I really sat with myself and contemplated it and Interestingly enough, those of you listening in, you don't have to have your social media hacked to create this experience for yourself. We can rebrand all the time. As a matter of fact, I think it's necessary so things always stay exciting and fresh, but we get to also pivot. Entrepreneurs, that's what we do. That's our character. That is a bit of our personality is... We love just to pivot and shift and tweak and mold. And so allow more of that into your brand, into your business. Give yourself permission to ask yourself questions and refine and redefine who you are and what you want to bring out into the world. If you're looking for a CBD oil that is always
1: organic and always transparent, my go-to is Eaton Hemp. I absolutely love their full spectrum extra strength CBD oil. It is fantastic to use if you're dealing with PMS symptoms, anxiety, moodiness, especially those PMS cramps. And another product that I love from them is their infused super self. You can rub this over your stomach. If you're dealing with cramping or anywhere that you might be experiencing some inflammation, their super self is infused with 500 milligrams of CBD per stick. Plus it has some amazing Arnica infused MCT oil in there and some peppermint essential oil and birch bark, which is also really anti-inflammatory. They have some fantastic products. Check them out over at eatenhemp.com and save 20% with the coupon code wellnesswitch at checkout. I love that. That's amazing. And so like the biggest takeaways you got from this experience...
0: Biggest takeaways I got is number one, it does not matter how many followers you have. That was a vanity metric that suits 2019. And we're in 2022. People are smarter on social media. People care more now about what are you teaching? What is the value? What is the feeling I have when I'm in your presence, Jen, becoming iconic? I care more about that than I do about the tens of thousands of followers. So that is number one. It does not matter. And there's so many people feeling like they're not enough because they have 2000 followers like, oh, I don't have enough community to be successful. I have less than a thousand followers at this point right now as we're recording and I have lineups to work with me. I've never had so much exposure, so much interest. And I think it's because people are watching me lead myself through this and stand and rise to the occasion. And because of that, they care. And the algorithm is working for me again. I mean, I had tens of thousands of followers, but you know, we all know most of those people don't even remember our name. They hit follow at some point. Right. And then they forgot. And so now, now that I have a smaller following and my engagement is higher, the algorithm is definitely in my favor. So I just eradicated the idea that I needed to have a certain amount of followers to feel of authority in what I'm doing. If someone comes by and says, Oh, she's less than a thousand, who's she? That's okay. Move along. If that's what you're looking for, is that metric to Choose whether I am right or wrong for you, then I'm probably not the right choice for you. I'm with the people who care about how someone treats them, sincerity, compassion, leadership, growth, being vulnerable, being willing to be seen to show all the parts of our lives, not just the highlight reel. So those things have definitely come through. And the other thing is that we do not own our social media, it's a free platform. Totally. And that is beautiful. Let's celebrate that. I think it's incredible that it it gives us the opportunity to to build businesses for free. I mean, if you think about that, that's pretty expansive and and gorgeous. Totally, totally. But we also have to remember, we don't own it. Mm -hmm. So where else are you playing? I've heard many people say, especially people I work with, you know, they say, well, I just love Instagram so much. Love Instagram. That can be your hub. But allow the spokes to go into other areas of social media, like LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, your email list, creating a culture, creating a community, building a website, building a podcast. And not that you have to do all these things because it is true. Not everybody should have a podcast and not, not everybody is a gifted speaker or that speaks to them. So it's not that you have to do these things. But. What could you do to repurpose what you're already doing so that if this were to ever happen, it doesn't feel traumatic. Instead, it's this royal inconvenience and you pick yourself up and you continue forward. Totally. Yeah, that's beautiful. Really beautifully said.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners who can... um, who are in those stages of building their business and getting caught up in the metrics and, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling so uncertain about all of it and where do they put their time and their energy and, you know, they're, or they're putting only their time and energy into social media without thinking about, you know, the other, the other areas, the other opportunities, their email list and things like that. right? Right. Um, it's a conversation I have with all of my students all the time when it comes to business and, especially in those beginning stages, I find people get very obsessed with the metrics, very obsessed Mm -hmm. with the followers. And sure, having an audience is important. Of course, you know, being able to reach more people and that visibility, of course, it's important. But like you said, it's, it's also about who you're being. And we're not just here to be, you know, posting content and then run off. It's like, it's social media is here because it's to be social. It's to build connections and build relationships. And often
0: I find like we forget that aspect of it. So mm-hmm. I think it's an important reminder. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And you know, it's interesting just to tag on to that is what if we treated every post like there was a hundred thousand people following, totally. what would the energy be like? What would the intention be like? How would we show up? What would we say? What would be our confidence in that post? What would the picture look like when we can step into our role, whether there's 100 followers or 100,000 followers as though the world is watching, we then proclaim our personal power and the energy that goes through that post is so felt. And it calls people in. And ultimately, that's what we're doing. And what happens is we get into sloppy work. We post just because we're supposed to. Like, oh, I got to post every day. And then they're saying, I need to do four times a day. And so it's sloppy work. And I wonder if you were that person with the world watching, if that would be what you'd put out today. Would that be the way you would say it? Did you really spend a lot of time thinking about that? Or did you just blurt something out because you thought you had to? Very different energies and very different results. And so I teach people energy around social media. I don't believe that there are rules to anything I believe everything gets to come from a pure place. And when you're posting because you have something really important to say that's on your heart and it comes from that pure place of, oh, I want to share this. You see the results. When I'm forcing something, I see the result. It's it's felt. It doesn't have as much engagement. It doesn't have as many comments. And I know because the energy I put it out was, oh, I got to get this post out before I get going in the day. I knew that the energy wasn't correct. So be really mindful and pay attention and act as though you have the world watching and create in your brand something you're really proud of versus things you're trying to do to catch up to the algorithm.
1: Okay, ladies, I quickly want to chat about magnesium, a very hardworking mineral that just doesn't get the attention it deserves. And so many of us are deficient in this mineral. It plays a key role in over 800 different chemical reactions in the body, and it's involved in everything from DNA synthesis, energy production, and metabolism, to muscle strength, nerve function, heart regulation, and even bone building. It's also really important to alleviate constipation, if that's currently something you're dealing with. It's also a fantastic mineral that helps with stress, anxiety, as well as sleep. I love using the Magnesium Biglycinate from Canprev. I currently take 400 milligrams before bed. You may need less or a little bit more, something you'll want to play around with. If you find that you are constipated, you may need a little bit more of a higher dose. And if you are dealing with a lot of PMS symptoms and cramps, you also might want to take a little extra magnesium during that specific time in your cycle. I love the Canprev Magnesiums because they come in multiple forms you can take it in capsule form, liquid form, or even powder. So head on out to your local health food store or even search for Canprev products online. You can head on over to their website, canprev.ca, and check out all the amazing magnesium options that they have available. So this leads me into my next question, which is really around self-expression. Because I know that this is something you talk so much about. And as I've been mm-hmm. creeping you over on social media, I know that you talk a lot about it. And like I was saying earlier, you know, in this age of like cancel culture and censorship, I feel like people are really finding it hard to share their message and share their voice. And it's the overwhelm and the what ifs. And what will people think? Will I be judged? Like, how, you know, what sort of advice can you give? to those listening, to really start honoring
0: that self-expression and and connecting to that self-expression. I appreciate you bringing this up because it's really important. And um, I just launched a program that supports this. It's called Articulate. And it's an important message because I've wanted to talk about this for a really long time, but didn't feel totally ready. And I feel that I've been called in and I feel prepared to have these big conversations because they are going to disrupt a little bit. And that's okay. because I believe leadership is also being willing to do some disruptive things. So to answer your question with censorship, I have a really personal feeling around this that I feel will give a lot of permission and also hold people highly accountable. I think we need to be more accountable to our thoughts and the way we are putting that out into the world. These are heartbeats that chose to follow us. They care to hear what we have to say. And so there is responsibility in that. Mm -hmm. So do I feel like we should censor everything we say? No. Do I agree with the way we have been censored? No. But I do agree with certain things. And so I want to just play off of that. Social media, our brands, are not a place to work through something. So let me use my divorce, for example. I've been through a divorce. I would not process my divorce through my social media and with my community, right? I will do that with my breath coach and a therapist and my family and close friends. I will do that and I will heal and I will work through that on my own. And then I can come forward into my brand onto social media and actually teach through the lessons I've learned. And that is a very different way of approaching it versus this is my belief or this is what I'm going through. It, it's, it's I see it a lot and it's not wrong. It's just not necessarily the correct place to be processing. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to censorship, do I feel like you should have freedom of speech and share yourself openly? A hundred percent. But where I think we have a level of responsibility is to recognize that, our wounds, the places that we're feeling vulnerable or triggered or maybe really passionate about, we have to sit back and ask ourselves is this the right time? to be speaking about this openly or do I have some work to do because I want to really find what lesson there is in this for me. And right. now I can go forward and teach my community. Hey, you know what? I felt this way about this subject and I didn't talk a lot about it openly, but behind the scenes, I did a lot of work and here's what I discovered. And now we're teaching and adding value versus processing.
1: 100%. I, I fully Relate to you. I often think about that with my own social media platforms, and you know, even sometimes the expectation that others have of me of certain topics that I, I should be talking about because yeah. I have this platform. And it's like, no, I'm I'm not here to talk about that. Nor do I feel comfortable. Nor do I feel this is a safe space to have that kind of conversation. So you know, letting go of that expectation and at, and just showing up as truly of what feels right and authentic. For me, not because it's should you know be the thing I talk about, right. um, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: it does. It does.
1: So, I'm sure that there's been a lot of you know work that you have had to personally do to dismantle your old stories and your beliefs about building a business, being a leader, being the woman that you are today, having kids and having the business. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of work you've had to do around that. I'd love for you to take us through a bit of what that journey has really looked like for you.
0: Mm -hmm. The journey that will continue forever Mm -hmm. um, that I'm very committed to and very open about sharing. I have had some pretty, pretty big moments in my leadership and growing my business, growing my life. I mean, I even shared I've been through a divorce that going through a divorce as a leader with lots of community is not an easy thing to do. It's hard enough in private. It's harder when you have judgments and people, you know, saying things or using that as an, I gotcha. So there were some very tender moments along my journey. And I have been very committed to my healing, very committed. I know when I don't, I get lethargic. I want to hide. I don't show up for my life or my business. I don't trust. I don't forgive. And I hold things in. I can feel it in my body. It also looks like weight gain and inflammation for me. It's how it shows up in my life and physically through my body. Mm -hmm. And so I'm someone who's very tapped into herself. And I really do love the art of walking through hard things. Because it is not the easy stuff. It doesn't feel good. But on the other side of that, when you cross the bridge, it's so beautiful to witness yourself and actually see the resilience and the strength and the tenacity that we all hold, our capacity and the level of forgiveness we actually have. We sometimes don't give ourselves enough credit for that. So I choose breath work as my modality that has been the most supportive for me. It's a part of my routine. It's a part of my self-care. I do it whether I feel like I need it or not. And every time I don't feel like I need it and I have a breath session, I always needed it. Um, So that's what I I work on and I use. And I loved breath work because it felt like there was completion. When I was in a therapy type session, it always felt like I would leave with a heaviness and it was like kind of my cross to bear. And so I'd leave with all this emotion and this conversation I had. And I kind of felt alone in that. Whereas breath work, I love that it's like putting a bow on top at the end and you breathe it out of your body and you breathe in what you want to welcome in more in your life. So that's been a really beautiful addition. But it's taught me to be highly compassionate to other women, to release a lot of judgment I see the world in a very unique way. I have a a really keen understanding of people. I see people deeply. And that's a beautiful gift that I am grateful to have. But it's also, again, highly, it's a high responsibility. And it does deplete energy. Because when you feel people and their energy, you tend to have that that ability to hold it, good or not so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I definitely care for myself. I have practices in the morning. And one of the things that I have a tendency to do is really lean into the masculine energy. That's just sort of my... Comfort zone is getting things done, and I'm really good at getting things done. So, how do I invite more feminine energy where I also start enjoying the fruits of my labor and I also start learning to receive? And I also start allowing my husband to stand into his masculine when he comes home versus greeting his wife who's still in hers. And lots of things have come through in that. So, I have little anchors that welcome that in. So for example, I talk a lot about this. I'm sort of known as the silk robe girl, but I get up in the morning and like most of us, my mind starts racing. You know, the, the alarm goes off and you're like, okay, I got so much to do today. I got to get the kids ready for school. Like I immediately go into that energy and I, I really wanted to disrupt it. I didn't enjoy that as the spark to my day. Right. And so it started with a silk robe. I thought, what can I do to immediately drop into my feminine and I wanted to feel silk on my skin. So I walk now to my bathroom and I put on this silk robe and I immediately drop into this beautiful feminine energy. Mm. And as I walk to the the kitchen to make my coffee, it's more of like a glide now. <laughs> and the robe is kind of, you know, flowing behind me and I light candles and it's this whole ceremony. Love and it. Right. I knew you'd like that because this you teach so much about things like that. And the the other thing I would I would say that's come through from all of the work is I've realized the most romantic, loving relationship I will ever hold in my entire lifetime will be the one with myself.
1: Mm. So beautiful, so powerful. And I can definitely relate to the masculine energy. I started to be really conscious of like, like you said, like when my partner would come home from work and here I am like on the computer trying to like rush and get these things done. Mm-hmm. And it was very masculine. And then greeting him with that masculine energy and trying to find this balance between ending the work day and being able to step into like the evening with him and dinner. I had to really be conscious of that. And so it was like, no, it's a hard stop. And I have to put that away and that's done and I can move that over here now and I can just let it go and now step into that feminine and go and make dinner and it doesn't and I'm not trying to say to be feminine you have to be in your kitchen cooking but that's just <laughs> a creative outlet yes. for me and I and I love it but I was getting so far away from it and because I was so caught up in the work mm-hmm. so I love that I love I can totally relate mm-hmm. around that for sure
0: Yeah, that's an entrepreneur or fempreneur. I don't want to say issue. That's not the right word, but something we got to pay attention to. It's totally, it can easily sort of pollute. And in my first marriage, I need to take my ownership of what didn't work. And that was a big piece of it. I was in my masculine, and he would come home in his, and it just clashed. And I didn't have the knowledge, the understanding, or the wherewithal to know, ooh, I need to drop down here into my feminine, allow him to come into the home in his like I just I didn't even know of these concepts back then. Totally. And so it just didn't work. It didn't work together. And now I'm I'm the same as you. I I for me it's getting outside. I have to actually get out of my home because even walking to the kitchen, I don't enjoy cooking as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really want to learn to love the art of cooking, but it is not my not my art, and so for me that's like another to do. So I had to figure out, okay, what can I do in the in between of shutting down the office and totally. you know the family coming home and needing to feed these people? What can I do? And so it was just putting my feet in the grass or stepping outside and having a glass of water and hearing the birds. It was just. Yeah, Fresh air, space, and adoring nature and the, the artistry that that gives us. Totally. I love that. Yeah. And I totally re- resonate
1: because I finish the work day and then I go and I walk the dog. And oh, so I beautiful. go outside go. and like that's my like break. And mm-hmm. yeah. So I love that. Okay. So I would love to chat about just going back to a bit of that social media piece about health. As it pertains to social media, because I'd love Mm. your your take on how, you know, it can be really damaging to mental health and well-being. And I'd love to hear your take on that.
0: (laughs) It's not um, not the popular opinion, that's for sure, but I'm happy to share it. I I really don't agree with this whole thing that social media is getting the bad rap for. I I believe that's our personal responsibility. I think we've just used it as the pinpoint. Like, that's why. This is why we have mental health issues. This is why we're not feeling good in our skin. Well, for me, it wasn't social media. It was Cosmo Magazine and and fashion magazines. It's always been there. It just took on a different form. I believe a lot of that comes from lack of boundaries. So we're spending way too much time scrolling and numbing and walking away or moving away from the things that need to be dealt with emotion, relationship, conflict all the things. So what do we do? We sit down and we start scrolling social media and then we get into this loop of not feeling good, going to social media and well, that's why I'm not feeling good. Well, not really. It was just the place that you went when you weren't feeling good, thinking that it was going to numb it away and it didn't. So I don't I don't agree that it is responsible. I think it's certainly enhanced, but it's not responsible for our mental health and and, you know, causing women specifically to have you know, um, a, a poor outlook of the way they look and the way they feel. It, it's more available. It's there. It always has been. But what are we doing about it? I mean, I always wanted to say to somebody who's saying that, like, OK, oh, fine, this isn't feeling good, but why do you continue to go on it all the time? Right. Why do you continue to look at this one person who triggers you all the time it's, it's like when there's an accident on the road and you have those rubberneckers, they call them, where people, the whole s- traffic slows down to look. Why are we doing that? None of us really want to see what's going on there. You just want to say a prayer and, and hope everybody's okay and keep driving to where you need to go. But we, we have this in our, in our minds and in our bodies where we want to stop and look and like point and fixate So I think it's our personal responsibility to know that, hey, I'm feeling unhealthy on this platform, so I probably need to take a break. Oh, I don't have any boundaries. I'm spending a lot of time scrolling and I haven't looked up and greeted my family or looked out the window or listened to a song or moved my body. I mean, these are your decisions. So take responsibility and lead yourself. And if this is not feeling good, take a social media break. Do the things you need to do, but let's not blame it and and point at it as the reason it's just right now i believe bubbling up to the surface a lot of things that are within totally i love that amazing well that
1: was so great thank you so much for taking <laughs> us through that and being really transparent and honest with your journey because you know again this is happening when it comes to social media more and more frequently and so many more so many people i know are having challenges with their accounts and it's it's just great yeah. to hear it from somebody else and get some advice and some strategies and also the beauty around you really coming out of that experience and how you use that for good and to even step deeper into your role as a leader and,
0: and becoming iconic. So thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. Thanks, Samantha. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Thanks for having me. This is a really beautiful honor and privilege. Thank you.
1: That means so much. And I would love it if you can share with our audience where they can find you and connect
0: with you. Thank you for that. Um, Becoming Iconic. Now we were, we've we streamlined everything. So yeah. Becoming Iconic is where you will find me across all platforms. The website is .co, um, just so you know. So it's .co. Um, and I do have Becoming Iconic, the masterclass, which is the podcast that I dig deeper into these types of subjects. It's much you know, deep dives into things around business and life and leadership. So if that speaks to someone, they're welcome to come and hang out and play over there. Beautiful. Well, we will have all of that in the show notes. And again, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Samantha.
1: Thank you everyone for tuning in today. You can connect with my guest, Jen, over on Instagram and follow her at becoming Iconic. And if there's anyone that you know that can benefit from today's episode, we would love it if you can share it with them. And if you have a minute, please leave us a rating and a review. It means so, so much to us. Thanks for being with us today. I'll chat with you all next week. Take care.